Rough Draft Podcast, your favorite student-run literary, art, and cultural podcast here at York College. This week, I'm Ben, your host. And I'm here. I'm Sarah. And we are also joined by a bunch of guests, both students and professors here at York College of Pennsylvania, who are just going to share some of their experiences throughout the COVID-19 pandemic with us, both from the aspect of learning, you know, having to adapt to learning online, and also having to learn to teach online. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to hear, not just from our perspective of how the semester was, but other people's perspective of how the semester was. How was your semester, Ben? My semester has been interesting. You know, having to learn online is not ideal, but if it keeps everyone healthy, I'm, I'm willing to put up with it for now. Yeah, I took uh, last spring, spring 2020 off, so I didn't get to enjoy the fun experience of middle of semester, everyone gets sent home. So I don't have that to compare it to, but I have all my other previous experiences too, because I'm a senior. And it was definitely interesting, but from taking my semester off, I was just so excited to be back on like learning something and not just doing nothing all day, yeah. basically. So I'd say I had a pretty successful semester and it was, obviously there are things that had to be adapted to, but I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that like was weird is, at least from our perspective here recording the podcast is, you know, we are sitting in the same room as most of our guests, but we have to wear masks so that we don't, you know, transmit something if someone's a carrier. And it's just interesting to, you know, have to have full conversations without seeing half of the person's face. Yeah, it's definitely interesting trying to react to people's, you know, you, everything's an inflection also in voice, but a lot of it comes from facial expressions and when half of that's missing it's kind of like to show people you're actually engaged in conversation it's kind of more difficult in that aspect it's also difficult over zoom as we all know experiencing this especially on days where like maybe you just don't want to have your camera on because you woke up and your hair looks like a mess or you're woke up five minutes before class and you didn't get dressed for the day yet, whatever that might look like. That's definitely more challenging. I know some of the professors um, I've had have said that, trying to navigate that give and take of when students should be seen and when they're good with not being seen. Yeah, I think one of the like interesting things about learning on Zoom is even for in-person classes, some professors still have us log into Zoom in the classroom. You know, in case we do breakout rooms or something, we can, you know, work with students who aren't necessarily in the room with us. That definitely, for me, was, like, different and a struggle. I have a lot of uh, sensory issues, and so not only hearing somebody over Zoom, but then hearing everyone around me definitely is very difficult for me to focus on what I was supposed to be doing, especially in classes where, like, I had a Spanish class that utilized Zoom very frequently, which is good because we could interact with students who weren't in the classroom, but trying to focus on a language that I don't speak fluently and also having all that extra sensory information all around me definitely was a difficulty that I faced this semester. All right, so before we jump into the interviews, 
This is the last episode of the season. It's been a it's been a journey. We're glad you stuck with us this far, and we hope you enjoy the conversations that we've had with some of the faculty and students on the York College campus. And if you're interested in joining the Rough Draft team, either as a host, a co-host, a producer, sound editing, marketing, any of the numerous jobs that we have available here, feel free to email Sarah. Uh, we'll put her email address in the description of this episode. Yeah, just send me an email and I can get you any more information. All right, so let's jump into the interviews. Okay, we are joined by Allison Altmos. She is a student here at York College, a secondary ed major, and also the current president of the Student Senate. Allison, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Started off, what do you think, like some, just from a, a pure student perspective, were some of the things that maybe you did differently this semester than other students might have done this semester in your major? In my major, I think the biggest difference is I wasn't able to go out into schools and do my field experience. I wasn't able to have that opportunity, but they instead replaced it with simulations, which ideally are not the same as getting that actual in-person experience. So I think that's the biggest difference in my major. Uh, what are some of the positive experiences that you've had this semester? I think the biggest positive experience is actually getting through this semester, being on campus. We didn't get sent home. Everyone I know thought that we would get sent home the first month after being here, but thankfully we all did our part and we were able to make it through together. So I think that's just the biggest thing that we can kind of take away from the semester, the biggest positive thing. Going off of that, what's something that like you might have done to help you through like some stressful situations or struggles, like personal care wise or? Well, to take care of myself through stressful times, I would kind of take a step back and allow myself to have a break. I think a lot of us got some Zoom fatigue from staring at our screens for so long. And I know I would get so tired of staring at my screen, so I would allow myself to take a break, take a step back, and then when I'm ready, then I would go back and be on my laptop to complete my homework through stressful times. And what's something that kept you motivated during the semester? Um, something that kept me motivated was, I think because I'm a senior, so I think that was my biggest motivation factor was that I'm almost there. I'm almost at that point of graduation. So I think that's my biggest motivation factor. So what is something that you would like professors to know if we have to stay in like, kind of the high flex situation next semester? The thing that I think professors should know is that, uh, I guess like how difficult it is for us. I mean, I know it's difficult for them too because they didn't expect to be teaching in this type of environment. They didn't sign up for this, just like we didn't sign up for this. I guess the biggest thing that they should know is to be a little bit more like understanding of the circumstances. And just switch gears a little bit. As we said, you're the current president of the Student Senate. How has the semester been f different for your organization for Student Senate than previous semesters? I think it's shifted gears a whole lot. We haven't been able to have our in-person meetings like we typically do. So we had to kind of 
reorganize how our meetings are going to be run and we had to before the semester even started figure out since we are in charge of like all the clubs and organizations here on campus we kind of had to figure out how they're going to be able to have their events so that way we can get it out to them and say this is how you're going to reserve rooms this is how like events should be run so i think our whole organization had to take a big shift we had to take a step back figure out our new goals how we can still be here for our students through this time even though we're students ourselves going through this new type of environment we kind of had to learn how to be that support system for everyone while also being the support system for ourselves. And I know you're probably working very closely with the administration. How has that gone for you like from the perspective of a student being able to like field other student questions and work with the administration to address the concerns and needs that students have on campus? It's been going pretty well. I feel like I have a really good connection and relationship with the upper administration here on campus. So whenever I do get those questions and those concerns and comments from the student body, I do feel really comfortable going to those upper administration and kind of addressing them and hear what they kind of have to say, maybe their perspective on it. And they really do like to hear from the students and they do like to hear feedback and go off of that feedback to see kind of what they can do differently and what they can fix in this type of situation. If you had like a message to uh, the students or the faculty or just anyone listening to this, what would that message be about learning during the pandemic? I guess we're all in this together. We're all going through this together, whether we are students or we are faculty, we're all navigating through this together. So I think just reminding everybody of that, no one has gone through this type of scenario before, no one has the right answer for it. So I guess just, I guess my biggest message is that we're all in this together. We can work together in order to get through it. And just to final wrap up, going into next semester, what's some things that like Student Senate has maybe that they're going to try to implement to make relationships better on campus, more close-knit organization things, and that we can still have those experiences that we want as students going forward? Yeah, that's something that we were working on this semester as well. After uh, the town hall took place in October, we came together and we were like, all right, what can we do to make this a positive experience for students? And I'm not sure, are you guys residents, commuters? Or both residents. Both residents. We went door to door to everybody's, to all the dorms on campus. Um, We spent a whole Friday afternoon and evening putting together or going door to door and giving goodie bags to everyone. It had candy, popcorn, it had like a list of the clubs and organizations on campus. It had a resource list. And then the bag you could actually use in the dining hall with the new to-go service. But we more so went door to door just to kind of add that little personal touch to it because we haven't been able to be in person a lot. So I think we wanted to create that positivity on campus. And then we had the campus chalking because we wanted the campus to be bright on that Monday morning when commuters were coming back to classes and residents were walking to classes. So we've been really trying to kill the campus with kindness, um, as you could say. And I know that 
over break, we're going to work together again to continue to kill the campus with kindness and to make sure that we are fostering a positive environment through next semester. So keep on the lookout for another event. Maybe it's not going to be specifically like that one, but definitely another one to help out the students and support them. All right, well, thank you for coming on and talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, so our next guests today, we have two, are nursing professors here at York College of Pennsylvania. We have Professor Stacy Lutter and Carrie Pacino. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so as professors, how do you guys feel this semester is going? Well, uh, there have been a lot of ups and downs for us, obviously, but in the end, I would describe my feelings about this semester as being encouraged because, you know, there was a great possibility that we would not be on campus for the full semester, and we made it. Um, and a lot of our, you know, peer institutions didn't. So I'm really encouraged by that, and I'm very encouraged by the fact that our nursing students were able to engage in clinical experiences, which there was a distinct possibility that that would not happen as well. So yeah, I'm feeling very positive about that. I think Carrie and I, we were both big cheerleaders all summer just <laughs> because we both have administrative roles as well. So we were here working all summer and we both actually believed that this was possible, which was probably not the popular opinion at the time. <laughs> but we had a lot of confidence that, you know, between nursing and pre-nursing, there's like 700 students. So over the summer, we held a webinar. I tried to send them some messaging. Like if, if we all set an example in nursing for our community, maybe that will help. You know, I think the college just did a great job in role modeling and setting the expectations as well. But we tried to make some eff extra efforts on our end with our nursing students as well. Specifically with that, you talk about clinicals. I know that's not an experience that most students have. Can you go a little bit about how maybe this semester looked different for you teaching clinical-wise? Sure. So neither one of us was actually teaching clinical, but we are kind of, you know, oversee a lot of it. And so some of our biggest challenges that we had to work on over the summer is that some facilities were only allowing half as many students to come at one time. So our typical student clinical group is eight students. So both UPMC and most of our psychiatric facilities said that you could only bring a maximum of four students at a time which did leave us with the challenge of, well, what are the other four students going to be doing because their instructor is at the hospital with the other four. And so one thing that we did is, you know, we supplemented with some simulations. They would have to be run by either a different faculty member or just by our simulation director and lab laboratory coordinator. And so they did a really great job. I mean, some weeks students had you know, alternating like case studies and written work. We also did hire an extra person in psych and she led some virtual clinical experiences. And there has been some really good feedback on that. So we're gonna look into doing that a little bit more where students can actually engage and that they're not just working on a paper all day or a static case study with no interaction and feedback from faculty. So that was one of our challenges. Our other challenges were that some facilities we couldn't start as early as anticipated due to their number of COVID admissions or maybe a staff outbreak. That has been, as Carrie said already, th there's been a lot of ups and downs. So mostly we have been able to be in the clinical setting, 
but there have been some weeks where certain units said students can't come so then our faculty had to flip their schedule and maybe do some laboratory skills and then go back to clinical later so I think at this point we're confident that our students at all at least got at least 50% direct care experiences. Our final semester seniors got all of their experiences, but it's been a challenge every week. Yeah, so I teach in the final semester senior level, and so I didn't teach clinical this semester, but I still taught in the classroom portion of that course, and teaching partner and I spent many hours over the summer preparing for the fall, and what we ended up doing in our course is kind of anticipating what our clinical agencies were going to do and creating a plan over the summer that allowed some flexibility so that if we weren't able to get all of our clinical days, we would still be able to get our clinical hours. So what we ended up doing was moving our students from the agencies that only allowed four students at a time. We moved all of them to an agency that allowed all of our students to come, and then we did an alternating schedule where one week group A is in clinical and group B is in simulation, and we're doing like high fidelity simulation, like, you know, we did CPR a couple weeks. You know, and then we flip-flopped that the following week where group um, A then came to the simulation lab and group B then went to the hospital. So we did that so that we could meet the criteria for licensure for the state, various state boards of nursing that our students are going to be, you know, working for in the future. So what are some of the uh, positive experiences that you guys have had this semester, either with students or with the um, organizations you work with? So um, with our... Uh, we did a, a survey of our students before the actual course observations came out, just for our own particular course, and we had a lot of positive feedback regarding the simulation experiences that our seniors had and how that was run. Um, and they gave us some constructive criticism for what we can do better for next semester as well. But overwhelmingly, the results of that survey were very positive and students felt like they were getting valuable learning experiences. So that was, you know, like a little feather in our cap, I guess you could say. And another positive experience, while we did have ups and downs with the clinical agencies and, you know, there were some times when we couldn't take our students and we had to create a, you know, a separate plan. We do feel that our clinical agencies worked very hard to allow schools of nursing to have clinical experiences. What most people don't understand or don't see is the work that goes on both sides of the table in terms of schools of nursing and clinical agencies in order to make the opportunity for students to actually come and provide care. There are a lot of moving pieces on a non-COVID year <laughs> to make that happen. And then with COVID, that just you know makes it you know much more complicated. And so we feel that our clinical agencies worked very hard to make sure that there were opportunities and places for our students to go to be able to provide care and not be exposed to COVID patients. We, you know, schools of nursing and hospitals and just clinical agencies in general felt very strongly that students should not be exposed to COVID, if at all possible, you know, for obvious reasons. So, so yeah, so that was one positive. Those were yeah. two positives from my perspective. I mean, I do think that we did a good job with the high flex model. Most of our classes are pretty large, so we did have to do alternating schedules. You know, I think I'll be curious to see what the student feedback is and 
you know, if there's things that we could have done better. You know, I talked to a few students periodically. Sometimes the students on Zoom said, yeah, I feel like I'm in class today. And other students would say, I feel like I'm an afterthought. So, you know, one thing, and I don't know if you noticed this in your classes, I felt like the students were quieter with the masks on. It seemed like participation was not as strong as it normally is. I just felt like it made students be quieter in the classroom but they definitely still engage with each other. We just did a discussion board last week and um, the students really did a great job just engaging. And this was just a supplement to a face-to-face -face class just to you know, give them another opportunity to connect because they weren't able to connect as much in the classroom. They weren't, we didn't, weren't able to do some of the group work that we might normally do in the classroom. We just kind of took some of those pieces out just to keep things as safe as possible. So I think overall, it went well for the circumstances. Going off of that, with the as stressful as the semester could have been, what are some things that kept you as professors personally motivated throughout the semester, even though it could have been like difficult? <laughs> I mean, I think just the opportunity to really honestly be with each other. I mean, all of us were able to accomplish our work from home in the spring, but there's nothing like coming in and being able to connect with each other and connect with the students. I would say most of the time, if I asked a student, you know, if they asked a meeting, I would say, do you want to meet in person or on Zoom? Either is fine with me. Most of the time they said, I'd love to come to your office. And I have a really big office. And so, you know, that was really nice to be able to have students there asking questions. So I think just the opportunity, seeing our students engage, be in our labs. I mean, our building is quieter than normal, but it's been very active because our labs have really been in use. Our staff have done a great job at maintaining social distance and maintaining cleaning in our lab spaces very frequently. So I think just, you know, being together has been a positive for me. I get, yeah, I would echo what Stacy said. Um, you know, my husband actually works for the state government. He works for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and all telework eligible positions have been mandated to be telework. And he, my husband has been in our office since March, and he's an extrovert and it, he is going crazy. So it's nice because I get to go to work and work with my students and my colleagues in person and I don't have to be with my crazy husband. <laughs> no, um, he, but seriously, it's, it is a blessing to be able to leave the house and be productive at work and then come home and be productive in a home setting because I can leave my work at work for the most part. Not every day does that happen, but yeah, so that's that's definitely a positive. You know, a lot of our students have said that their peers that they graduated from high school with and things like that, they are completely virtual. And so, you know, I think that's a plus for us. So this semester has been, you know, unprecedented. And I think everyone learned at least something from it. What are some of the AS uh, lessons you learned through teaching and suggestions that you would make for yourself in the future or other professors? So we tried to be very flexible in our planning for the fall semester and we were successful in some ways and not successful in other ways. You know, I tried to you know, kind of predict or anticipate what our clinical agencies would do. And in some ways that kind of backfired. <laughs> but having the flexible plan as a baseline was critical for us to be able to achieve the clinical experiences that we were able to. So flexibility, something that we must have for the spring semester and 
my teaching partner and I have you know already discussed and we are planning an even greater flexible schedule so that if we are thrown a curveball on the first day of the semester, we won't be panicking and shuffling and you know recreating learning experiences you know on a dime. So that's one thing. Another thing is if you are working with adjunct faculty, communication is absolutely critical. Communication in what the plan is, what you know what we're doing from day to day or week to week is you know very important. Also soliciting feedback and assistance from your adjunct faculty is critical. Like we in our course we asked our adjunct faculty to help develop some of the simulation days and that included the high fidelity sim that we did with the you know the our mannequins, but that also included skills lab activities where we were kind of reviewing and solidifying concepts that we learned in class that apply directly to the clinical setting. And so we utilized um, their expertise in doing that. So I think that in, in moving forward, faculty definitely need to be working as a team and you know using their resources um, as best they can. I would say something I learned about instruction not directly related to COVID, but most of us, because our one RNWSM program is fully online, a lot of us have taken instruction on preparing to teach online in the past couple years, Mm -hmm. which was good because we at least had some semblance of, you know, some good strategies to use. So I think I would just encourage, and you guys might know this better, that faculty can't just like dump their materials on canvas and expect students to know what to do with them you know and i think we all fall into that trap like we're like oh yeah there's a powerpoint there's this or we put up 69 things for you to look at so you should be good that you really need to be deliberate in telling students you know what they should do step by step whether that's in writing whether that's in a short video if you're doing something to have a virtual class experience and I just think that engagement is really critical and to provide those opportunities to engage whether that is you know through some sort of app or gaming or something like that because it it was hard to engage in the classroom in some courses so I think that using technology to provide students with that interaction with each other is critical so that's one thing I think I I knew that already, but I feel like this really solidified that. And going off of that, probably we'll be looking at about the same setup for next semester. What's some advice you might give to students coming back in the spring and looking at uh, another COVID semester? I mean, we're definitely going to tell them you need to quarantine before arrival if you want to go into labs in the clinical setting because, you know, we need to protect our patients and community. So that's step one. We'll be sending out a reminder mid-January. We've already planned that. I think the other thing I would just tell students is, you know, the more you engage with your faculty, the more you'll get engaged. You know, as the semester wore on, we had a couple students who just said, well, I'm just going to attend on Zoom today, even if it was our face-to-face day. I'd say we probably had a record number of car problems. And so I think that if I could say anything to students, it would be, well, it might be tempting to, like, take class in your pajamas. You know, get up, and that will help your mental health. Because I think it's – I think that's what we've heard from – other colleges who maybe students were on campus but had all virtual classes and then they like just were in their dorm room all the time which is not mentally healthy 
So I think that students maybe need to make a couple extra efforts to like get to their class or if you know that there's more room in the classroom based on capacity, ask your professor. That was something we offered about halfway that we had about seven additional seats. You know, we had divided our class in half for the high flex, but we had extra seats. So we ended up offering, if you feel that coming to the classroom every day is beneficial, let us know and we'll see if we can work that out with our schedule and social distancing. I have 72 students, only three you know, took that option, but they did faithfully then come to every face-to-face -face class that they could. So I think students could maybe just advocate and if they see an opportunity, like I know I do better coming to the classroom every day, you know, don't hesitate to ask about that. So I would say that flexibility is critical. Like faculty are working very hard to be flexible on their end. And I know sometimes that comes across differently um, from one faculty to the next and student interactions. But in terms of classroom teaching, clinical experiences, lab experiences, you know, faculty are trying very hard to be flexible. Um, and I think the students would be well served to have a mindset of flexibility. I would also say, you know, having a mindset of grace, giving yourself grace, giving your peers and you know folks that you're living with grace I and mean, giving your faculty grace knowing that you know this is has not been a fabulous year the start of 21 is not going to be fabulous we know that so just you know giving yourself some wiggle room to not be perfect and those around you to not be perfect and the situation to not be perfect and if you have if you have those expectations of you know, not living up to perfection, then I think you'll be well served in that regard. So those, that's my biggest thing, I think. And I, another little thing that I think of is procrastination. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> Your stress level in the end will be less if you don't procrastinate. You know, and we all, I've been, you know, working in higher ed for a number of years now, and I can tell you that students who procrastinate always have higher levels of stress. Like, it, it's just a guarantee. So if you want to invite stress in your life, please wait till the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to thank you guys once again for coming on and talking to us. I think there was a lot that you said that's really going to be beneficial to students, and even people who, you know, maybe don't go to York yet, but are interested in um, studying nursing, to yeah. know that uh, the effort is really being put in here by the nursing yeah. program at York. So thank you guys for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. All right, our next guest is Jordan Tripp. Jordan is a junior business major here at York College. Jordan, welcome. Thank you. So how, how do you feel this semester has gone for you? I certainly think it's been interesting. Comparing it to past semesters, I would say mm, it's tough to put a word on it, but I gone as smooth as I think it can with what we're dealing with. I think everybody's doing what they can to make it easiest for the students and for the teachers together, but I certainly think there's some areas where there could be some improvements, but... How do you feel like your semester went a little bit differently than like other students on campus from like different majors? Um, well, a lot of my classes are oriented with like group projects and presentations and things like that. And it's a lot harder to work in a group setting when you can't always meet in person because some students are at home or you just don't want to leave their room. So there's that issue. And 
like I personally have a speech class I feel like you're losing a lot of what you gain from that by doing that over zoom yeah that seems like it would be kind of weird to like give speeches over zoom yeah uh, what were some of the positive experiences or like ways that the pandemic might not have been a completely terrible thing I think it's opened a lot of new avenues for things like maybe the days of having a snow day or cancellations are gone and as far as like business specifically you can have i think people will be more open to having meetings and like conferences over a device rather than needing to have an in-person discussion what are some things that um, you personally did this semester through the difficult times that kept you motivated to keep going on with the uh, classes and work that you did well I'd say one thing is the hope that maybe next semester won't be like this. I mean, nobody has an answer to that. Chances are we'll probably be doing the same thing, but uh, I'm just hoping for the day that we're not doing what we're doing now. So it's looking like next semester we're probably going to be in the same scenario. What are some maybe suggestions that you have for the administration next year if we do end up still being in this pandemic fun times? Well, I know for me personally, I only have one day of the week where I have an in-person class. And I know they're trying to do this whole hyperflex thing where like you have some days in person, some days online. But when the majority of your professors are strictly online and not even in remote vicinity vicinity of the campus, I feel like I I'm not gaining that much from this. And I understand it's out of their control completely. But finding some way, because even the professors are complaining themselves that they're not getting the interaction with the students that they want. So any way that you can get more of a connection with your professors, I think would be great. What is something you would uh, like, I know you mentioned about professors missing connections. What's something you would like professors to know going forward for next semester from a student perspective? Uh, I think it's good that they should know that while some of us may sit there with our cameras off or have the microphone muted and they might think, oh, no one's paying attention to what I'm saying right now. There are still some of us out there that are paying attention, taking notes, going the whole nine yards to stay involved in the class. And we are listening to what you're saying. Even if you can't see our face, we're there and we're along for the ride. All right, what's some advice you give to some uh, to students coming into next semester based off of your own experiences? Like what's, what's worked for you, I guess, is the better question. You just got to stick with it because you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, this is one of the dumbest things I feel like I've done in a while. I'm paying to be here, taking classes on a computer, sitting in a room all day. And it's just it's what you make of it. I think if you realize that this is your education, and you, because you could take this from the perspective of this is an easier semester. Everything's online. When I take a test, sad as it is to say, there's students out there that are just going to cheat on everything. If you want to take that avenue, you can. But at the same time, if you want to get the most of it, you can also just have the integrity to go through it and do what you can. All right, well, Jordan, thank you for coming on and talking to us. Is there any, like, closing message you would want to give, or is that about sum everything up? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, make what you can to this, I guess.
And most of it is might hit peak air while. All right. Thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. No problem. All right. So our next guest today is Dr. Travis Karowski, a professor in the writing department, writing and communication department. Uh, thank you for coming and talking to us today. Thank you, Ben and Sarah, for having me. I've been really looking forward to talking to you. So we've already talked to a couple students uh, for this episode, but as a professor, how do you feel about this semester? Just in general? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to have a semester. I think it's been, I've been telling my students the past couple weeks, because it just kind of dawned on me that we're all kind of pioneers here doing something no one's ever done before. Um, and I don't know why that didn't dawn on me a lot earlier. I mean, we all dealt with the spring going off campus, but that just felt new and shocking. But when we came onto campus this time, it was something we planned and we were doing, but I didn't quite realize that just how new and original and unique this experience is for humans. And so I've been, I mean, I would knock on wood. I'm not sure if my desk here I'm sitting at is made out of wood. I'm wildly impressed by how well we've done um, as a campus. I mean, I have to admit, I was nervous coming in. I think just humanity was probably nervous about a lot of stuff, but after kind of following, you know, the news cycle all summer in the spring on our way to fall, you know, reading the science, reading more peer-reviewed science articles than I've read since college. Yeah, I felt, I felt pretty, pretty nervous coming in, but I've been just really, really impressed by our student body, by the administrators, by the faculty, maybe by just how lucky we've gotten. Um, I don't know, a lot of this will make, I think, more sense in hindsight a couple of years from now, but I think it's gone. It's gone really well. I think our students have been showing up to class. They've been turning on their cameras. Our case numbers are down for having been on campus, I think, like 14 or so weeks. Yeah, and, and the positive attitude I feel across campus, and also I think people speaking out when they were concerned about stuff, has been great. So I've been, I've been really impressed. And I think we've been both lucky, but also because of, you know, the size of our campus, because of the, the students that we bring here, because of the location of our campus, not in a huge city. I think, I think we've done really well. So yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about it. I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel like I shouldn't be saying this for two more weeks because <laughs> we got to get out of here. But yeah, I feel pretty good. What are some positive experiences that you personally had this semester? working with you two <laughs> I mean really I don't I think so I'm lucky like my job is just to work with other people that are making things and thinking about things like how lucky is that right so everything is always kind of amazing every semester that I get to do that but so yeah for this semester again like the positive experience have been the things that I get to do the students or the things that the students do and share with each other, share with the campus, create, make, um, engage in. And so a few of those things have just been this podcast here. It's been inspiring that during a pandemic, when you have to create a team to work on a project from different locations, different houses, different dorms, across Slack, across Zoom, um, across email, sharing stuff on Google Drive, making human connections, working on any sort of large kind of engaged project, and then doing it at the high level you guys have done while also really, really trying to make the world better on this podcast by engaging in issues about um, recent political oppressed and protest about things in the country to mental illness where you guys started right off saying this is a conversation we need to talk about 
and then dialing it down a bit and just chatting about streaming services online. This has been really, really impressive and fun. I think like you guys trying to create a community uh, while we're all kind of just trying to make it through a really difficult semester has been great. Then reading, like I taught, uh, and not to get away from this semester, but I taught an online class this summer of creative writing that kind of got me prepared for, for the semester and just being able to read other writers' art and see them make and create and develop their art, even if we we're on Zoom in, I think, the summer in like seven different states, was really something I needed during this pandemic when I was kind of stuck at home managing my children's anxiety and their own educations and my own life and my own writing, that I could just do that and engage in art was something that was fascinatingly lucky. And I think something that we should all be kind of doing more and more. Art usually comes from places of, of remembrance, of engaging with ideas, complex political ideas, which is where a lot of we got the great early Western plays in um, early Athens, um, ancient Greece. So I think that's been great, um, being able to like see and create nonfiction class students engage in really hard topics and make beautiful pieces. Sometimes it had nothing to do, most times it had nothing to do with this environment that we might be living in politically or in a health crisis. Um, and also in creative writing, um, seeing students make poems and, and works of fiction that could transport you outside of this moment and then see them change those. And then also see the students in the class sort of be inspired by other student work and then remembering myself, how important my own writing and my own art is, and why I got into this sort of stuff in the first place. And you kind of forget for a minute there's even a pandemic happening, which is great. So yeah, a lot of my experience have been just watching students create the York Review, seeing students kind of engage in other student art, just seeing them talk in class for like 15 minutes about like a painting or a work of graphic design that another student submitted to the York Review. Like you just, I mean, you just forget that the other stuff is there and you kind of engage in the culture and humanity itself, which is, I'm just really lucky to be able to do that. But yeah, that's sort of stuff that has really motivated me. And going off of that, I know that's engaging with students. I know you work with the freshman writing students a little bit coming into college. How has that experience been for you working with uh, underclassmen? It's tough. So, I mean, I, I often, <laughs> I often don't know what every student's major is or what kind of level of college they're at, right? Um, it's just like, you know, you're Ben or you're Sarah, right? Or that's Patrick or something, or that's Alexi, right? But yeah, some a couple of students have noted this semester, noticed they were freshmen. And just, yeah, seeing that this is their first college experience. Um, like we've been talking to Patrick in our class, that Patrick's first college experience has been high flex, has been on camera. And um, he wrote really interestingly, interestingly, one reflection paper that he can't separate really college from this, like the pandemic in college is synonymous to him. I thought that was really interesting, right? Um, and my daughter has some friends like that as well who just started discussion in Mount Holyoke College where she goes, right? I mean, they think they've been doing great. Uh, um, I have one student who's actually a dual enrolled high school student who's also been um, similarly kind of engaging in college for the first time she has, high flex environment. I think they've been great and engaged and, and I, I don't know, I just think I really wanna hear them reflect upon it a couple of years from now when they've experienced something else. But yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's just been interesting watching. Uh, I think a lot of this, when I was thinking about the questions, you all were nice enough to send out questions in advance about what we talked about. When I was thinking about them, any of the reflective questions, I was like, Man, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm just in the middle of this thing and I don't know what I'm going to think about it like two years from now, right? Or something like this. So what, what were some of the things, I know you talked a lot about uh, the positives, but what were some of the things that you wish would have been different about the semester? Yeah. Yeah, sure, Ben. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, they're all great 
questions, but this one in particular is like one of those questions that I wish I had a better answer for. Like, this is the one I think I reflected on, gosh, I don't know if I have the hindsight, you know, for this right now to know how, how we've done, what I might want to do differently. I think I'll, like, if we talked about this in 2022, again, knock on wood, I think it'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that's how we should do that differently, right? I mean, certainly I can look at like broadly campuses across the nation, see like, all right, well, maybe we shouldn't be having these big football games with large audiences because, you know, they might kind of storm the field or something. I can see stuff that we wouldn't want to do. And I think if I had $20 million and in infinite supplies, I might have everyone tested every day, right? Like they're doing it. I think I meant to look this up, but I think I'm right about this. It's Illinois. Champaign-Urbana um, in University of Illinois. I think they're testing, someone up there is testing the students every day, but we'll only know later, I think, if that was, if that ended up being more beneficial for them. I'm not even sure if that's ne something necessary that we would need to do at such a small campus size, where we still even have a bunch of students doing just fully remote. I, I really don't know. I think we're going to try to fix things with the high flex technology and make it a little bit better for the spring semester. We'll be doing this again. I think to students and faculty, like learning itself is some, my daughter said this, fascinating and thunderous thing in the car that I'm still processing this morning. We were driving to school. She's in fifth grade at your country day school, which is just down the road. And she said, like this is an epiphany, every class, every grade is just preparing you for the next grade. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. <laughs> and of course I didn't seem shocked in the car. I was like, yeah, of course. And then we just kept driving, but I've just been processing that. Like we've learned how to learn our whole lives, right? Since kindergarten and maybe preschool, if you went to that, right? And even daycare before that, the childcare, my daughter was only doing school age, kind of, school prep kind of stuff. So we kind of knew how to do college outside of this, but we didn't know how to do it like this. And so we're all learning the same time how to do it like this we'll just be better at it like our students will be better i'll know maybe more how to like negotiate the camera on camera off sort of stuff so i think we'll all just kind of improve and so i think i don't know i think we'll just kind of get a little better at it but i can't say exactly what i wish we'd done differently i think we've been done with the masking i think we've done well i think we've done well keeping social distance in the classroom i think everyone's kind of kept their spirits up spirits up i've liked largely a lot of the messaging from the college um to the students um i think a lot of that's worked well and i think anything that we've done wrong people have kind of yelled about and complained about, and I think we'll try to do it better, I think, next time. Going off of that, what's some things that personally kept you uh, motivated during this semester? Right, I think it's those same things. Um, I think I also kind of got lucky, lucky, okay, maybe that's not the right word, but I have a college-age daughter um, myself, she's 20, um, and I mentioned earlier, she goes to Mount Holyoke College, Massachusetts, and they're all virtual, and so she's been in my apartment when she's not in her mom's house, just really trying to make it through the semester on her own, right? And seeing what our students get, what they're allowed to have versus um, the opportunities that she doesn't have that, that she's struggling with doing this all virtual school has really kind of kept me kind of motivated by what our students are doing here on campus, right? That they do have this campus environment. Like just coming to the office kind of helps motivate me. I'm not in my apartment. I'm not sitting up in this table that I taught summer school creative writing classes um, from. So just like coming in and being around students or even standing in a classroom has been, I think, a little bit psychologically motivating. But then just this, I mean, really, just the students showing up has been motivating. Just the students turning on their camera. Um, just the students like laughing and trying to actually motivate me, right? And trying to motivate each other, like trying to keep everyone's spirits up. Like that is really, really helpful. And that's really nice. And again, just your guys' podcast, just like, and, and the York Review, and just people making stuff, I think is always motivating. And I'm like, yeah, right, this is great. Like, we are actually doing stuff, right? 
but yeah, just all those sort of small things, the things you might take for granted, right? The students handing in assignments and showing up to class is super motivating. I'm like, oh, everyone handed this assignment in. This is great. So you mentioned your uh, oldest daughter is uh, college age. So you kind of have a different perspective where, you know, you're seeing it from the professor lens and also you're seeing, you know, firsthand what some of the students might be going through. What are some of the uh, lessons you've learned this semester and suggestions you would make to both yourself in the future and other professors? Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, it's been really helpful seeing her engage with the professors that I'm sure are really wonderful people and they're really, really great. Just seeing like how she's struggling on her student end has really helped me understand from my faculty bias, right, am I person on this end of the camera, whatever bias, just what the students are going through. I'm always trying to understand that, but just having one in my house, going through this with us all um, from that side has really helped me kind of understand kind of what, what, what I want to do and what I kind of want to do better. I mean, I think largely like what I've learned and what I could pass on even to someone like myself in future semesters is how much cheerleading I've been doing and how much I think important engagement and cheerleading is. Um, I think we've learned this just with the development of the internet. Like it sort of shifted content outside of colleges to the world in general or any sort of institution that kind of held on to the knowledge. Like now that's broad and kind of dispersed, right? We have things like Wikipedia, we have classes you can go to online just for free, right? So a lot of what we're doing here is really like high level, highly trained kind of coaching right at college, right? And making sure you're working in the right spaces and getting you the right information, right? The information's out there. And so, and then in a time of stress and anxiety like this, right? I think just a lot of cheerleading and engagement is so much more, like I'm half cheerleader, half professor this semester, which I'm totally fine with. And that's that's been been really helpful to know because seeing my daughter just at home virtually struggling, right? And understanding how much just she needs, right? Reinforced re-engagement kind of pushing especially when and we have a bunch of students here on campus like I have a lot of students in my classes that are fully remote I can understand so much more what they need for just like hey it's just get up in the morning just turn on the camera just turn on the assignment right there's remember there's really a future here there's really a college here where we really do care about your assignments I really do want to read your your writing and reminding again and again and again that's something that that I'm going to certainly take take with me kind of moving forward and just I think and understanding that creating, well, yeah, that's that's probably it. Creating that sort of level of cheerleading and engagement and realizing that that's more important now than ever. And so I send more emails now to students than I've ever sent before in my life. And I'm happy to do it. And I try to use a lot of exclamation points and not feel bad. We're probably looking about the same setup for the spring semester with the high flex system, at least here at York and like some students possibly being fully remote. What's some advice maybe over break or for next semester that you would give students as they're preparing for, to continue in this learning environment? And I think this is broadly outside of this learning environment too. Like just, I, I want everyone to relax a little bit. I love how ambitious everybody is. I love how they want to sort of meet the achievement goals that are being set out for them in whatever class they're at and whatever careers they want to engage in. But I think especially now, but I think in college in general, I want students to relax a little bit, to kind of settle in, to be there for the experience and be fine failing, right? But especially now, like be fine failing because we're all pioneers doing this sort of stuff. So I, I, would, I just really want everyone to relax a little bit. Like every, even your faculty have never done this before. You've never done this before. We're all kind of learning how to do it. I think that's really, really, really important. And reminding yourself of that every day. I've been doing mantras and with a friend of mine in New Orleans, I'm just 
sometimes just telling yourself these obvious truths are really important to kind of keep yourself in that space and engage and not just spiraling into an anxiety of not being enough or not doing enough or not achieving enough or something. So I wish everyone, one takes the break and actually doesn't think about schoolwork for a while and does other things maybe they're creative about or engaging in their life, whether it be, you know, um, for me, watching a lot of soccer, um, but relaxing. But also, I think communicating is probably even more important or more something that, that people can actively do. That's what I've been reminding my students to do kind of all throughout my time as a professor and then also reminding my own kids to do with their teachers, whether it's at, you know, middle school or high school or now in college, is that communication is so, 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 so important. Even if you think you're writing the stupidest email or even if you think the professor or that other student doesn't really care what you think or what you're saying or if you have a question about it, if you're confused, it just always communicate. One, they never feel that way. We do this thing where we kind of put our mind on other people's minds and assume that they think about us way more than they really do. And usually they don't think about us that much at all. And communication is really important when we're suffering from any sort of anxiety, whether it's food insecurity, um, whether it's worries about tuition, or whether it's just worry about general anxiety about this pandemic or um, unemployment crisis or whatnot, right? Or just my doing well enough in class. Like communication is so key. And I've seen it reward and help a lot of students this semester that have just sent me random emails just checking in. And then I think it's helped them sort of stay engaged and not get depressed and not sort of get demotivated and not fall out of campus or school or class and also make sure that they kind of understand what the assignments are, what have you, right? So I think if, if everyone could just communicate like, you know, another 50%, I think they're all gonna kind of relax like hopefully a little bit more next semester and then make sure they have a successful semester. So I would always send, you know, 17 emails to professors and communicate with other students in class and work on group projects all right. Well, Travis, I wanted to thank you again for coming on and talking to us today. We really appreciate uh, everything you had to share with us. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks so much. And thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Okay, everyone. Um, next up, we are joined by Ariel Mitchell. She is a human services major here at York College. How are you doing today, Ariel? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Just tell us a little bit about how you think the semester went for you overall. I mean, overall, like the semester was pretty unprecedented for everyone. I know everyone's really tired of hearing about that because it's constantly being said that it's unprecedented and something we've never experienced before. But like, even I was nervous to return to campus. I know a lot of people were really nervous. A lot of people were excited, but also kind of scared because we didn't really know what to expect. And like, we got those emails throughout the semester constantly explaining what we were going to, how is it going to go and exactly what to expect. But it was still so up in the air. And it just kept changing and it was unnerving, I guess, for not everyone, for but for most people. And I guess I was pretty lucky. Most of my professors were pretty lenient on virtual learning, weren't necessarily constantly making us go in if we didn't want to. Obviously, virtual learning is not ideal for anyone. Sometimes, at least for me, I don't know if this goes for everybody else, but that can that inconsistent of like back and forth from in the classroom and through Zoom, it kind of just, it's a little tough because I run on routine and if my routine's constantly evolving, it throws everything off track. So overall, it was just a little unnerving, obviously not what we expected, but again, we didn't expect the pandemic. So it's just something that we turned to live, we kind of tried to live with and create that new normal. Yeah, it, was, it was definitely a very different semester than in the past. What are some of like the positive experiences that you've had this semester? I guess like it's, I tried to think about that a lot of times where I was kind of just like, what exactly is the positive in all of this? And then 
a lot of days if I was having a rough day, I couldn't even think of them. But it was like the small things, I guess, that kind of added up. Obviously, we had done most of my roommates. We all kind of were here. So being able to still spend time with like my friends because we lived together was just something that like I probably would have taken for granted any other semester. But since that there wasn't any other options, we got to spend so much time together and like just do those small little things like watching The Bachelorette every Tuesday. I mean, we're supporting the alumni, Zach, but like just little tiny things that you wouldn't think that were a big deal, but they amount up to this big positive thing where you still were able to like maintain contact with the people you care about and just doing little tiny things like making dinner together or like going to the park and like walking around outside or going for long drives and listening to music and like coaching each other through rough days and stuff like that. So I feel like that was definitely the biggest positive impact. I also still maintain pretty good relationships with my professors, which is like kind of important to me. Something that I was really nervous about with returning because I was like, how am I supposed to maintain good relationships with professors if I'm not seeing them? But I still got that communication and that like one-on-one experience regardless being online and still was able to make friends through like breakout rooms or in like small classes that were kind of like more chill and like comfortable. So those were the definite positive things that happened throughout the semester. What are some things you wish that could have been different for this semester? Obviously like COVID not happening, that would have been a big one, but just on like a smaller scale. I guess like it's so hard to like describe. This was one big thing that was so small, but that just really changed my entire routine, I guess. Like last semester and the semesters prior, like I would always get, we'd get a study room in the library um, with a couple friends and we would all just buckle down and do homework for like hours and we'd be in there for so long and just get so much done and feel so productive because we weren't in our rooms we were from like an isolated environment so like the idea of not having that was really really tough but I understand why that was taken away like that makes sense because it was there for our safety so like obviously I don't really wish that was there it was just kind of like weird but it's just hard to describe like the virtual thing obviously wish that wasn't happening but again that goes along with the COVID thing it's out of our control so it's just kind of like hard to think about exactly what we I wish was different without the idea of reversing COVID (laughs) I guess. What are some of the ways that like you've been able to keep yourself motivated this semester? I guess to keep myself motivated it was just like I definitely went through, I like started going to like a therapist and I know there's this huge stigma around therapy and how like it shows as you're weak and stuff like that. But the idea of like looking forward to that every Monday was something that I was just like, okay, it's cool. I've got that coming up. And like, I guess that was something to look forward to every single week. I also still kept in touch with like my friends back home. We FaceTime pretty often. And that was, again, like something I look forward to at the end of the night after like a long day or if I did like finish a project, we just call and like, I just like literally just bitch about everything. And like, we just sit there and like talk about how everything sucks. And like, I don't know, talking about that and just like being able to relate about this way everything feels and like acknowledging that, yeah, like we're in a pretty shitty situation with like something that we can't even control. It just like oddly motivates you. I guess, just to know that other people are going through the same thing and still having that support system 
definitely was something that just really was a motivating thing, I guess. It's definitely important through this hard time to have a good support system. And it looks like probably next semester, this is going to be the same for most, for every college. And what's some suggestions specifically that you would give administration here at YCP? Yeah, I mean, I guess like, if I like think about it, it's definitely something I just do hope for like a better future of this new normal. Because I mean, I know the college and like administration are grappling with something they've never really had to do before with this like ever-changing pandemic and they are like doing what they can but I just hope that like the students well-being mentally is equally as important as their physical health because like I know there's a lot of implications and regulations in place to like make sure we're safe from COVID and making sure that we're like wearing like we're obviously like following CDC guidelines and all of this thing about um, making sure physically we're still okay and we're perfectly fine but things like anxiety and depression and isolation or even something like that's much smaller like just being stressed or overwhelmed from academics like I mean that shit kills you like not physically like but it kind of does drain you and bring you down and there's a lot of professors or administrators that don't necessarily understand that that is a big factor and that there are some students that I've heard from that that used to do really really well but are actually really struggling just this semester due to like just this lack of like acknowledgement to mental like the mental impact because being a college student full-time in the middle of a pandemic that's already so much to deal with and especially if you're living on campus there's all these other factors that you have to take in about like being careful but also making sure you're mentally okay but also making sure you're getting your assignments done and it's just these it's already really tough to begin with. So I just hope there's this more of a bit of an understanding and a bit of like acknowledgement that like we're still people and we still do have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves, not just keeping our grades up. And I know a lot of people were struggling with that this semester. So I just really hope that that's something that's acknowledged or helpful for our professors to learn for the future and administration. Yeah, um, on, on your point about like uh, stress, I know last night um, Counseling Services had an Excel event run by um, Daryl Wilt, who was on our first episode this season, uh, about like managing stress and some of the healthy but also unhealthy ways of managing stress. What are some of the ways that you've found uh, have been helpful for you in managing your stress this semester? Yeah, I, I honestly am always ever-changing with that I'm actually a poor example but I try to keep myself in a routine I keep like a journal um I track everything to make sure things are staying in place because if I'm able to keep myself in a routine even if it's really hard right now especially because routine is like completely gone out the window but making even just small things like I make sure I get up and make coffee in the morning because it's something that makes me feel productive and that's that relieves stress or like opening the blinds in the morning just something as simple as that is enough to like kind of keep you in check and not waste the day away in bed because it's really easy to do that right now so i guess just keeping in check with yourself that's a big one that i did that kind of relieves a lot of stress i mean i was taking a class in the beginning of the semester i was taking public speaking and taking public speaking virtually is just a lot harder than you'd think because like 
you're supposed to be publicly speaking, but you're really just speaking into your computer. So I think that caused so much stress for me in the beginning of the semester. And I was so anxious about it. So I ended up having to withdraw from it. And I was beating myself up for it for so long. I was like, why did I do that? I'm missing out on a credit. But then it was just kind of like telling myself that it's like, okay, to like acknowledge that like, yeah, I'm overwhelmed and I'm going to do what I can to like, make sure I'm not overwhelmed. And kind of get rid of that idea that things need to be done a certain way because in reality if it's working for you then like that's what matters so if like finding little small things even if it requires dropping a class and taking it later or like just setting things aside to make sure it's done in like a way that's less stressful for you I feel like that's just the what I relied on doing was making sure I checked in with myself saw if I was stressed out about something and then try to find small things to work around the problem and keep like a routine that was still not as overwhelming as it could be throughout the semester. That's some very positive advice and ideas for students. If you have one final message or one final little piece of advice for students maybe entering college for the first time next semester or who maybe took a semester off and decide to come back, um, what would that advice or message be? I guess for me, I think the most important thing that like I even kind of don't I kind of try to make sure everybody around me knows too that like it's okay if you're overwhelmed and you don't have to be 100% all the time like there's this big thing around being in college that things have to be like perfect and you have to make sure that like you're keeping your grades up and you're like literally like overworking yourself to the point that like you feel like you can't anymore and I feel like it's super important, especially for someone who is coming into college for the first time or has been out of the groove for a while to know that like, it's okay to be overwhelmed. Everybody does that. And like, you just shouldn't hold yourself up to this unexpected standard that you wouldn't hold other people to. You just hold it to yourself. So I think that's a big thing that students should know is that like, you need to make sure that you're good in order to be able to like, thrive and do well academically because if you're not good mentally then you're not going to be doing good anywhere else so I guess just making sure you're paying attention and not waiting if you feel like you need help get help as soon as you can and making sure you have a good support system and keeping up with the people that you care about because like who knows you never know exactly what anybody's going through so I think that's just the important thing with college is that it's stressful so being able to find different ways to track yourself and your mental health and finding a support system that's just the biggest thing that always got me because I took a semester off and the big thing that came when I came back was making sure like I prepared myself for if shit goes south or if I feel really down that I have the tools and materials to make myself feel better or get the help that I need so yeah, I think that's uh, some really good advice you gave um I just want to thank you once again for coming on and talking to us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Next, we're joined by Dr. Brian Gray, part of the biology department, here to talk to us about some of his experiences with this semester. Dr. Gray, thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for the invitation, Sarah. Just getting started off, how do you feel this semester went for you generally, maybe compared to other semesters or <laughs> the spring? Uh, the loaded the loaded question. My expectations were that this semester would be a train wreck. I actually started out the term flat out telling my students that I expected us to be going completely virtual uh, by the end of September. 
And I was really surprised we made it this far. Surprised and pleased. But as for how it's gone otherwise, it's been one heck of a learning experience. It has been significantly more interesting and positive than the spring term, which I think just dumped all of us into the deep end of the pool, you know, on completely short notice. I've learned a lot. And that includes both as an instructor, as a person, and as a, a mentor in kind of all those ways. So professionally and personally. Going off of that, I know biology, there's lots of ex lab experiments. How did that look this semester differently than previous Ooh. semester with gr group collaboration and things like that? So for the first two weeks, so there's, there's the lab course, lab sections as part of a regular course. And then we also have our research series. I didn't have any students doing individual research projects this term. So I, I can't really speak to that. But as for the lab sections that I ran, I ran three out of the six for my biology course. And the first two weeks, I tried keeping to like last year's last fall schedule of here's everything we're going to get through on, you know, in lab, only we're going to we're going to compress it to get it all done in just 70 minutes. And I would preload by not having an intro to lab lecture. I would do it all as video and make sure the students did all that, watched it beforehand. And in the middle of the second week, I kind of went like, I am watching my students burn out in the second week. This is not good. This is not good. And so basically, I talked it over with the two other instructors and we threw out half the course. Literally, we said, we're not going to have time to provide the same kind of experience. What do we want to focus on? And so we talked for a little bit and I talked it over with the other biology faculty member, Dr. Singleton, who also teaches this course, but in the spring. And he and I kind of agreed, said, okay, this is what we're going to focus on. This is what we want to achieve. And I also told the students flat out, I said, okay, I've watched you the first two weeks. This is not going to continue. You can't keep this pace up. We're not going to get anything done. You're not going to learn anything. And let's dial it back. And the students seemed really surprised at first that I was like, you know, so accommodating. But at the same time, I looked at it and said, you know, there's, there's no point in doing this. The point for you being here is to learn something. And if something I'm doing that I'm asking of you is going to impede that, let's change it up. There's no point in driving ourselves nuts to try and keep to a, a prior version of the course. You mentioned some positive experiences. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what those positive experiences you had this semester were? So sure, there were a, a few things on my side that I had been thinking of trying out anyway, certain class things. Like I actually set up Google collaborations for my lecture sections and I actually tasked the students with doing group notes. I had been hoping that most of them would do kind of live annotation and would ask questions and make comments to each other about things they did or didn't understand. That, that worked out all right, but I, I was pleased with the questions I got from students and it gave me a chance to figure out more about how they were thinking. So that was, that was a tool that I picked up that I was kind of like, I, I like this, this is good. And it, it gave me more insight to how students were thinking. So that part was really useful. I was happy with that. In lab, I was very 
surprised and pleased to see. So I had students, you know, waiting to hear back on a test. Uh, I had students waiting to hear back, uh, you know, I'd say a, a COVID test. Uh, because I teach nursing and allied health students, most of these students are already working in some kind of healthcare job. And so their exposure risk was so much higher than mine. And so I'd have students miss for medical reasons, a week or two weeks. And I would ask their, their benchmates if they would be willing to pick up the slack and everybody bent over backwards. And so the, the support and care, at least my groups of students had for each other was really very encouraging. And I, I loved seeing that. I, I did my best not to take it for granted because in this terms train wreck anyway, but it was, it was very encouraging in that front. With it being such a different semester and sharing some of your positive experiences, what's something that personally kept you motivated during these difficult times? So that's a that's a really good question. And I've been thinking about that one since since you first sent it to me in an email a while ago. Like, what are the things? And I think for me, given that basically what I teach this term is infectious disease, that's that's my specialty. My specialties are microbiology and immunology. So I'm, I'm kind of right at that, that, you know, if there's a topic to be to learn about in this, this era right now, uh, I've, I've got it covered. And I asked the students in the first day of class, I had a survey, I said, how much do you want me to teach this course using current events? How much, you know, do you want to learn? Are you already burnt out on it kind of thing and so on and so forth. And the students were overall really curious. And they said, let's learn more about coronavirus and COVID as we go. And so I reworked a lot of my course material to focus on and to incorporate the current science and the current understanding of what was going on. And that gave me a lot more light bulb moments across the class. I, I love, as, as an instructor, as a teacher, I love watching student reactions. And I love that moment of when I can see realization or somehow making a connection from what I'm teaching them about to something they've already experienced, or they can suddenly see a big picture of how all these little bits and pieces come together. And I saw many more of those this term than I have previously. And so as, a, as an instructor, that is, that is the kind of moment that I live for. And so I was very, very happy to see those yeah, the topic is kind of, you know, terrible to deal with, but the fact that they could actually, you know, apply so immediately what I was teaching them about, they could apply it to their own lives. And I, I actually got a lot of commentary from, from students about, oh, now I get what we're doing this. I'm kind of like, all right, perfect. That's, that's the kind of thing that kind of kept me going, even in the midst of a kind of like, okay, I'm giving you guys another exam. I feel bad about this. I know you're overworked, but hey, kind of thing, so. I was going to ask if that led to positive student interactions, but you already covered that. Well, actually, uh, so um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I did this term, uh, so I have in the past given take-home exams, and I've given you students four days a week. You know, it varies on the term. And I have tried designing the questions so that they can apply the class concepts to you know their professional careers. It's it's a 200 level course, but there's no bad time to start them thinking about that. 
And the number of students who have explicitly commented to me, we really appreciate that you couched this question in terms of what we're going to be doing professionally was satisfying. You know, at the same time, they said, it's a hard question, but we're glad you're asking it. And I'm kind of like, okay, those, those are really good. And I am glad that the students are, in fact, getting out of it what I was hoping for. Now, obviously, we know that this semester hasn't been perfect. What's something that maybe moving forward you would do differently or think about would have liked to have been done differently this semester, maybe broad term? I think one of the things that I'm going to do very differently next term is I am going to make my assignments, my assessments, whatever you want to call them. I want to make them smaller. I want to make them more frequent. And I want to keep encouraging my students to actively engage with the material. I mean, it's that's that's on the academic side of things. But also, I'm actually already planning for next term. I'll be teaching a Monday, Wednesday, Friday course, and I'm figuring that probably every third Friday, I'm going to just give them off. I'm not going to do asynchronous. I'm not going to record anything. I'm going to just flat out say, take a break. This term is crazy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I actually, about week seven, I canceled my Friday classes. I was totally fine. My students were generally fine. I just said, I need a day off. You haven't had a day off. Here, take it. And the number of, of, of students who came back to me and, and just going like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm kind of like, okay, if, if you're that excited about getting one hour of your week back to yourselves okay what's that telling me about everything else is going on and so that's that would be my advice to my colleagues and i actually had biology colleagues come to me and say wait what did you do i have these all these other students talking about the fact you gave them a day off what, what do you what did you do i'm kind of like all right it worked as i you know pat myself on the back and so being attentive that College is not just about me. College is not just about, haha, I am the professor. You must do what I say. But it would, which I've never really been, but it's fun to talk about. But to actually listen to my students, to find out how they're doing, to find out what they're going through, and to be able to respond to that is one of the, the bigger changes I'm going to make. I, I'm actually going to plan for it in advance this time given that spring term will be as compressed as the fall term. Do you have any other suggestions you would make for professors about something maybe you learned about instruction that, that you think they should incorporate going forward in biology or in other disciplines? Yeah. So this is in living memory, an unprecedented time, not just in terms of the pandemic, but in terms of American politics in terms of American social trends, in terms of American thought, in terms of global thought, fun, uh, basically. And I have always found that if I can make the material more relevant to my students, they respond better. And so there is nothing in our daily lives right now that does not interact with something we teach that we can, all of us, make some connection between the topic we're officially teaching and what we're all dealing with. And so I see it that our role is not as much to just cover a particular area of the body of knowledge, but 
to help our students make more sense of, also to illustrate the importance of what we're doing and what they're doing, to make to make better sense of the world around them. And we'll probably be facing, well, definitely be facing this condensed uh, semester next semester here, at least at York. What's some advice you'd have for students maybe um, who took a semester off and are coming back or might just be entering college for the first time or coming back as a student who's already experienced this? What's something you might tell them looking forward? uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm unusual for the biology faculty in that I also teach a first year seminar. And I'm actually one of the only science faculty who does. And for the incoming first year students, there are certain expectations about what college should be like, and we're not going to meet them. This, this term, this fall term, this next spring term, and likely the next fall term, expect that this is not going to be typical of the college experience and to give yourself more breathing room because of it. Now, some people are going to excel in this format. And if they're gonna, if they find that they do really well with asynchronous, with not in person, with online teaching, then by all means, find something that play, find somewhere else that plays into that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna get dinged for not, not boasting about the college but we are not set up as a completely online school. There are other institutions that are and that have more experience with it. So if, if that's what you find, then go for it. If, if you find that you're a returning student and you're longing for you know, the typical experience, what you had before, it's temporary. This will pass. And we all, all of the faculty want to get back to what we're trained for what you know what we know and th- th- this sounds a bit like well you know i know this method this way best but we're all learning from this and we're all going to make changes from this year you know these three terms that will improve our teaching across the board but so i i guess if i had one piece of advice for students whether first timers or returning or or incoming is be patient and forgiving, both of yourselves and of the instructors, because we're all in the same mess and we're all trying to find a way to make it work. That's definitely uh, something that I know a few of our other guests have talked about and a common theme about patience and forgiveness going through this difficult time. I'd like to thank you again for coming on today and giving us some time to talk to us. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thank you again for the invite. All right, so our next guest today is Alex Evans. Alex is a junior mechanical engineering major, and she's here to to talk to us about her experience in the engineering program here at York. Alex, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So Alex, how do you feel that this semester is going for you? Well, now that I'm getting more into my program, it's obviously more stressful. But having the added stress of COVID has definitely made it harder. But a lot of my professors have been good about accommodations for everything. That's good. That's good to hear. What are some positive experiences that you've had this semester? Just professors being super lenient about, like, my mental health. Like, I know I've had some rough days where I don't think I'm going to get assignments done. So I'll just shoot them an email and they'll easily get back to me. He'll be like, I completely understand the situation. So that's always really helpful. 
What are some things that you wish would have been handled differently, uh, either by professors or like the administration maybe? So since so many of my classes are hands-on, having the high flex or hybrid is kind of difficult sometimes. Like I would have much rather to be in person completely. So I think they should have adjusted for the different types of like hands-on majors such as engineering and nursing. Now, what are some ways that you found you were able to stay motivated to get work done and keep chugging along? Honestly, just knowing that since we didn't have a break, that means the semester is going to end sooner and just getting to go home and spend time with my family. And then what are some suggestions? I know you kind of touched on it a second ago. What are some suggestions you might have for the administration in the future? Just to be conscious that it's hard for a lot of the majors that are super hands-on to completely get a full grasp on everything when they're online. Like, yeah, all of my labs were in person, but some of my classes, I feel like I would have gotten more out of if I was completely in person. Right. And then kind of in that same, like similar thought process, what's one thing that you would like professors to know? You know, maybe suggestions for next semester. Yeah, what is, what's like a message you have for professors about you know, how things were handled this semester? I just want to thank them for everything they have done to make things work because I know a lot of it isn't on them, it's a lot on the administration. So I just want to thank them for doing their best to make the semester as best as they can. All right, and then our last question, what's some advice that you would give to other students in the future if we still have to stay with the high flex system? Just don't be lazy with um, the online aspect of it. I know that's an easy trap to fall into, especially when a lot of professors don't require you to have your cameras on. It's easy to get distracted. All right. Well, I also want to thank you again for coming on and talking to us today. Thanks for having me. Okay, everyone, thanks for sticking in with us. Our last guest of the day is Dr. Mike Zerby. He's a doctor here in the Communications and Writing Department. Dr. Zerby, thank you so much for being here today. You are more than welcome. Thanks so much for the invitation. I look forward to the conversation. Just to start everything off, how do you feel the semester went for you personally? I think it went pretty smoothly, all things considered. It's a very challenging time to do almost anything, and certainly higher education is not immune from those challenges. So sometimes it kind of feels like a three-ring circus when you've got some of your students in front of you and other students on Zoom and then other students you have no idea where they are. So, but, but overall, I think it went pretty smoothly and I have to really give a lot of credit to all of the students. They really hung in there, tried to work hard, get the work done, and keep, uh, keep a positive ad- attitude amid some really, really trying circumstances. What are some positive experiences other than like interactions with students and those kinds of things that maybe some more interactions with students, but that you had this semester? I think um, when we get pulled out of our comfort zone, you know, one positive experience uh, that we, that a lot of us, I think, can look to is that we really do find out how we respond to adversity and and that can be, I think, a really, really important life lesson, no matter what age you are. So, and I think a, a lot of people are able to find out that they can really handle a lot of what comes their way. So, 
Uh, they have to learn to be flexible. They have to learn to adapt. But they, but they can they can get through some challenging times. So I think that's been a real a real positive. So I think it's I think it's been an op- also an opportunity for a lot of us to learn some new technology that we might not have otherwise learned at least uh, at least not yet. And so I feel like I'm much more adept now at, and, and more proficient in a lot of the a lot of the uh, you know video and audio technology. So I've learned a lot. I still don't think it's any. It's, I still don't think it's a substitute for in-person learning, but circumstances demand that we uh, that we needed to actually conduct our classes this way, and so that's what we've learned how to do. For you as a professor, what's something during some maybe difficult or trying times this semester that kept you motivated and still teaching students? You know, students are always the best part of my day, whether I'm seeing them in person or on Zoom. And so just, I mean, even the act of kind of walking into the classroom is, is, a, is a positive for me. So like, oh, I get to see my students. That's so, that's so nice. So one of the nice things about working with college students is that they, you know, they're, um, they're generally optimistic. So they're, you know, they're in college. They've, they've got a plan. You know, they've got a major. They've got a career they're looking forward to. They're still, you know, they're still kind of making uh, at the in early stages of adulthood, and they're making some really big plans for their lives. And, and I'd tell you that that's just a, it's a really great thing to be a part of, and uh, because that that optimism, you know, isn't isn't uh, you know is actually uh, inspires a lot of other people, including professors. And so just just I think being around the students uh, has kept me focused and, and positive. And uh, and there's just been some. Uh, some specific stories from students that I've heard that have uh, that have really uh, been inspiring as well. So I had one student uh, last semester actually. So who uh, after we all went home uh, in the middle of March, so didn't have didn't have good internet access at home, and so she would have to go to her grandparents who lived a ways away. But then, of course, they had to social distance, so she would be sitting outside on the front porch in like 40 degree weather with her laptop just to get the internet access. So, but she couldn't go inside because her grandparents were inside. They had to stay, and so, but it's so I've really just been impressed at, at the things that students will, will do just to, just to uh, make sure they're staying on top of things and, and trying to get, uh, trying to accomplish their goals. Looking at some things that maybe, what are some things you wish would have had been done differently this semester? So one thing I'm still kind of unsure about is, uh, is the fact that like almost all students without, um, you know, without uh, exception, stay off the camera, like when they're doing Zoom. And I've always been somewhat perplexed by that. Uh, I can say that in, in meetings, like when I have meetings with uh, faculty and administrators and things like that, uh, that's that's uh, that's very much frowned upon. So, and, and uh, I wouldn't say that you're not allowed to do it, but it's noticed if you do it, and it's uh, and not noticed in a good way. So, so I remember being a little worked up about this at the beginning of the semester, uh, but only for a short time. So uh, there was there was a bit of discussion um, about it with uh, with with other professors and things like that. So. And so, you know, I, I got over it pretty quick. I mean, I mean, I, there are some legitimate reasons. You know, of course, so I teach morning classes. So sometimes my students are like, well, I just, you know, I'm not even out of bed yet. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's fine. I had another student uh, talking to another professor say that um, 
uh, I actually take your class when I'm supposed to be at work, and so it really, <laughs> I really need to be kind of discreet and, and not actually appear like I'm in class. So that's interesting. So, but still, it's I, I think it's better, and you, you know you're certainly more engaged if you, if you've got the camera on. So uh, I don't want to romanticize in-person class. I, I mean I know students get distracted during in-person classes too. I mean that's what daydreaming is all about, especially in classrooms with windows. So, but I do think that it's um, a little bit um, you have a you have an easier time of staying engaged if you're uh, if you've actually got the camera on. But I don't feel strongly enough about that to. Uh, make it an issue at this point, although it's one of those things that's kind of an, an ongoing question that I have. Moving forward, we're probably going to be looking at the same situation for next semester. What are some recommendations that you'd have for like other professors moving forward into this same situation that we'll probably be in? Yeah, you know, one of the things we've been talking about is that um, it, it kind of related to my answer to the previous question is that even though students are generally not using their cameras, I'm not going to be shy about calling on them. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't think other professors should be either. I mean, that's that's of course one way to try and help students make sure they're engaged in the class. And so, uh, I will often toss questions out there, uh, both you know both to the students who are in the classroom and to the students who are on Zoom. And of course, sometimes I toss a question out there. And, and when I toss questions out there, I usually call on a specific student. I don't um, just ask questions um, in general and just wait for an answer from any student. I, I usually call on a specific student. So, so I would say something like, Sarah, tell me about you know, X, Y, Z. And, uh, and Sarah, of course, is usually very on the ball and answers me. But <laughs> of course, occasionally there are students uh, on Zoom, and I'll ask the question. and you know, crickets, silence in the void, <laughs> and so that I need to move on. And so I think trying to, one, one thing I'd wanna talk about with other professors, and we, are, we actually are having a retreat in January before uh, classes start in February to discuss these very issues. Um, and so that'll be one of the things we talk about. It's like, how do we keep students engaged, um, especially when they're you know, on Zoom and don't have the camera on? It's like, what can, what can we do to make sure that um, that those classes are going as well as they can be. And then I saw that you're teaching um, rhetoric of science in the spring semester. Do you plan in that class to tie in any current events to maybe engage students more in the topic? Sure, we'll do some pandemic stuff in there. Um, that class is mostly engineers, and so I, I don't want it. Um, I don't want it to become a medical rhetoric class or even totally a, a rhetoric of science class, it needs to actually be kind of rhetoric of science and technology to, I think, accommodate that group of students. But even so, we will certainly uh, do some pandemic um, thing, uh, stuff in there. We'll certainly do a little bit of uh, climate change and environmentalism and some, and some other um, kind, of, uh, kind of rip from the headlines issues like that. And then just to wrap everything up, you had some recommendations about cameras, but do you have any like last piece of advice you'd give to students looking forward to the spring semester? I'd say um, enjoy the break and, and make sure you get as much R&R, rest and relaxation as, as you can. I think we all, um, one thing we all experienced, and, and you know, it, we, we saw this on paper going in, but it's nothing to experience. I mean, the semester was a sprint, so no Labor Day, 
no fall break and so and that makes for a relentless semester and so and I think you've got to be kind of mentally and emotionally ready for that before the semester starts uh, so I understand the need for this the idea of course is to have you get you here to campus for those of you who are living on campus have you stay on campus for the duration of the semester before uh, before before uh, sending you home uh, of course so we're trying to we're trying to minimize travel and, and, um, and, and spreading of the virus and things like that. So I certainly understand the need for it, but it, it does make for a really relentless pace. And the spring semester will be even more challenging because the, the spring semester is typically, um, is typically broken up. So we've got a long spring break in early March usually, and then we've got an Easter break. And I'm getting my terminology mixed up because we call the March break winter break, and then we call the Easter break, spring break, but be that as it may, the semester is pretty broken up. It's even more broken up than the fall semester. And so the spring semester might even feel more relentless um, because we're not having either one of those breaks. Um, and so just be re rested and ready to go when that spring semester starts. Well, I'd like to thank you for stopping by and talking with us today. You are welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for the invitation. All right. So that was a pretty good way to wrap up the season, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think we got a lot of great input from both faculty and students across the campus. Definitely a good way to end and definitely a good way to make it feel like we're still a community even during this time where some of us are on campus, some of us are completely remote, some of us are doing the on-campus, part off-campus, high-flex system whatever it might look like, just to know that like we're all going through this together. Yeah, I think that was one of the um, common themes throughout the uh, multiple interviews we had is, you know, we're all in this together and we have to work together to you know, manage some of the stress and hopefully in the near future recover from this depressing pandemic. Yeah, it definitely was an unprecedented time that we're still currently living through. And I think one of the things that stood out to me the most, especially from professor um, perspectives, is having uh, grace and patience and flexibility going forward, knowing that, you know, you might not like this as a student, you might not like this as a professor. We all don't think this is an ideal situation to be in, but knowing that the professors are here to help, and but they're also learning how to navigate this just as much as we are it's like they're in the same situation everyone's in the same situation and it's not ideal but if we communicate and work through it we can get through this time before we sign off for the last time there's some people that i think we should thank uh all of our guests that came on all the way back from you know early september where we had our yeah daryl will definitely was a good resource and especially during the pandemic knowing counseling services is here if at all i'm sure they'll have something going out soon but to reach out to them in the spring if you feel like you need any of those resources uh, and also uh rachel louise snyder if you haven't heard our latest episode that came out just last week that was a really really good conversation with her uh, international author journalist really impressive and interesting lady to talk to. Yes, definitely. Great thanks to her. We'd also like to thank all of the administration here at YCP, Dr. GS, for keeping us doing her best 
in this unprecedented time to keep us here on campus and be able to do what we're doing in person and have as normal of a semester as we possibly can. And then also for Jeff Schiffman and everyone at WVYC for them to allow us to use their recording studio to record our episodes, our in-person episodes. It was greatly improved our audio quality throughout the whole semester. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Travis Karowski, a guest on this episode, as you heard, just for giving us the opportunity to um, run this podcast and run the uh, affiliated York Review. You can check out the website if you're not listening on the website. Yeah, Um, for believing that we could actually do this and having confidence in us for putting out a great production this entire season. Thank you so much. And thank you to you guys, our loyal audience, for sticking with us through this interesting time you know our first episode neither of us had really ever done any kind of podcasting and now it almost feels normal (laughs) yeah we thank you and we appreciate your love and support for this podcast moving forward as ben previously stated we will be having a season nine in the spring if you're interested in that please reach out at the email in the description Uh, Give us a like, comments, everything that you can. Any advice you have, uh, topic ideas, throw them in there for the spring. Go check out, we're going to have a print issue of the York Review coming out. Go check that out. I'm sure the social media will be updated on when that will be published. Um, It'll also get put on our website once it comes out. There's a lot of great art that's uh, being accepted and turned in for that issue and follow us on social media to keep up to date with what we're doing thank you all again for tuning in to the final episode of the rough draft podcast this has been sarah and ben for the last time this semester see you in the spring